thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. We are launching today our summer of freedom and it feels only too appropriate for a British summer of freedom that the weather is absolutely disgusting today in Hells Owen. You know, we're asking through this series and particularly today, freedom, is it really what we think it is? And you know, looking at this summer, we're all excited about Freedom Day, aren't we? On the, on the 19th of July, when we can throw off the restrictions of the past 18 months and embrace our new found freedom. You know, they've been doing some test events, haven't they? The government in the UK have been running some test events. And one of the first ones to be done was an event in Liverpool for 5,000 ravers to be able to enjoy a night out, a club night, to enjoy their freedom, a non-socially distanced night. And I was really interested watching on social media as some of the videos came back. And this really struck me. I can't show the video because we'll get done for copyright on YouTube. But this is a moment when Fatboy Slim, who's a DJ from the 90s, he played this song. And you just see young people and young adults on each other's shoulders, arms open wide with their phones filming it, going, you're free to do what you want to do. And I watched it and I thought, that's going to be the song of the summer. As restrictions are released, we're free to do what we want to do. But are we really free? You know, we're talking about this summer of freedom and we want to unpack it. And there's some hints on what it really means to be free in that song by Ultranate. She sings, if you gave more than you took, life could be so good. It's a nice little thought, isn't it? She also says, if you think you can never trust another because they're all out to get you, we have to live in this world together. If we open up our hearts, love can finally start. But you know, we're, we're not using that song as a foundation for the summer of freedom. Of course, we're, not, we're using it as a little, a little hook, a little springboard into the series. Of course, our foundation of freedom this summer is going to be rooted in Scripture, in what Jesus says about freedom and what the Bible has to say to us about freedom. And our heart as we open up this series is rooted in Scripture. You know, Paul, he writes to the people in Corinth. If you know anything about Corinth back in the day, it was a place where you're free to do what you want to do if you're picking up what I'm putting down there. There was a lot of naughty stuff going on in Corinth. And Paul is writing to these people who are trying to follow Jesus, saying, this is how you live in that world that seems to be free to do what they want to do. And I'm going to read it from the message version because it's, it's what we as a team who are going to be teaching across the summer, what our heart is as we teach this. And it's this, dear, dear Corinthians, dear, dear people of Hell's Owen, of Hagley, of Rowley, of Clearbury Mortimer, of Bromsgrove, of wherever you're watching this online, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide open, spacious life. We didn't fence you in. The smallness that you feel comes from within you, but your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. Paul says, I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. This is it. This is the kicker. Open up your lives. Live openly and expansively. Our heart is off the back of this series, this nine weeks that I'm going to explain how that's going to work in a moment. 
of this series that you learn, that we learn collectively, that we open up our lives and learn to live openly and expansively. You know, it's no secret that Leon's away for the next nine weeks. I pray, my prayer is that he comes back on the 1st of September to a church and a body of people and a community that is more free than we are today because God is going to do significant things through this series and he's going to set us free from stuff that maybe we didn't even know we needed setting free from. And you know, today works so well that we're launching our Summer of Freedom on the 4th of July American Independence Day. Happy 4th of July to anybody who's watching in America. You know, that is the day where Americans celebrate, celebrate that they announced that they were no longer subject to British rule. And for Christians, understanding that we are set free by Jesus is celebrating that we are no longer subject to the rule of sin and death and guilt and shame in our life. And so we're going to un- unpack it across nine weeks and here's how it's going to work it's it's possibly the longest series that we've ever done okay but it's actually not really nine weeks it's three mini series I'm going to show that to you here see the first three weeks we're calling the foundations of freedom and so that's today the 11th and the 18th of July and myself Laura and Stuart Blount are going to be opening up what it means to have foundations of freedom and then the next three weeks we're talking about the in workings of freedom. How do you work freedom into your life on the 25th, the 1st, and the 8th of August? We're spending two-thirds of the summer talking about what's going on on the inside because we really believe that Jesus is far more interested in setting you free on the inside than he is about freeing you from your circumstances and your situations. But you know, the last three weeks we are going to talk about the outworkings of freedom on the 15th, the 22nd, and the 29th of August. How do you live out a life that is free? How should the freedom that we've worked in to us on the first three, two mini-series, how should that work out in our lives as we go into a new season in September? And so we've written this so that all of the talks can stand alone. You know, if you're going on holiday, you can, you can dip in and out of the series. All of the talks will stand on their own. You can listen to them as one-offs. But I would really encourage you to track with us right the way through it. You know, the beauty of where we're at now is that wherever you go on holiday, whether it's a red, amber or green country, like wherever you go, you can take us with you. You know, there's people who've been commenting on the chat on YouTube and Facebook today saying they're watching from places like Devon and all over the place. You can track with us right throughout this series. And I really believe that if you do, God will do some significant stuff in your life. You know, in the seasons of my life where I've come to look at freedom, God's raised up stuff that I didn't know I needed set and free from, and he set me free from it. I want to encourage you, whether you're brand new to faith or you've been following Jesus for 100 years or more, I really believe that God would speak to you through this series. So, what does it really mean? Well, I've got a little illustration to help us, and if you're part of our online community, our Facebook group, if you're not, you should be, Um, you will have seen a little sneak peek of this on Thursday night when we opened it up. You see, what happens in life is that we can feel chained to stuff. We can feel like we're carrying stuff around us. You know, we can feel like we're restricted. We can feel like we're stuck with this junk in our life. And you know, I don't know what this wheelie bin might represent to you in your life. 
Maybe it could be anger. And actually you try to keep a lid on your anger so much, but actually you feel chained to it. And every now and again it opens up and it stinks. And it frustrates you. Maybe it's about relationships that you keep saying to yourself that I'm going to go into a healthy relationship, but then you feel chained into a bad and toxic relationship. Maybe it's friendships. Maybe it's addictions. That you think to yourself, right, I'm done. I'm stopping it. I'm done. And you try to walk away from it, but it pulls you back in. Maybe it's gossip. You know, you, maybe you don't want to be that person at work who tells everybody all the gossip. Maybe you don't want to be that person that spreads it, but you just keep finding yourself chained to this reputation that you're the gossip in the community. Maybe it's the past. Maybe this bin represents things that other people have done to you. Maybe it represents decisions that you've made and the, the guilt and the shame that you feel about stuff. Maybe, maybe it's stuff that was totally out of your control. Maybe, maybe it's grief. Maybe it is bitterness. Maybe it's guilt. Maybe it's something that you picked up in lockdown. You know, the last 18 months, we've all lived slightly different lives. And maybe this bin represents some of the habits and some of the, the uh, mindsets that you've picked up in the last 18 months during lockdown. And actually, this bin, God wants to set you free from it. You see, the press is calling the 19th of July Freedom Day. And, you know, we seem to equate freedom to being without restrictions. But I'm not quite sure that's right. Like, if you think about it, like, everybody's, everybody's obsessed with football at the moment, or a lot of people are obsessed with football at the moment. You see, football works well because there's restrictions. There's the restrictions of the pitch. You're free to play within the boundaries of the pitch. It happens with any board game. You know, you imagine our world without roads that had restrictions. It would be absolute chaos. And you see, Paul talks about living free and how we do live freely when he writes to the Christians who are living in Galatia and he says this he says it is for freedom that Christ has set us free stand firm then and don't let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery so what does it mean that Christ has set us free I wonder whether if I gave you the opportunity to describe the story of God in just two words what two words would you use I've asked this question a lot. Maybe you want to drop it in the chat, but I've asked it a lot in schools when I've been asked to come in and talk about stuff and, you know, had all kinds of varying answers, things like, you know, love and forgiveness. That's a good one. Maybe it's things like, you know, um, God loves, things like that. Lots of, lots of students have given things. I've had lots of atheists where they've said things like fairy tale and things like that. What two words would you use to describe the story of God. The two words that I would use is this, substitutionary atonement. Now, that's not me showing up. Oh, look at me. I'm on stage in a church and I know big, clever words. <laughs> if you know me well, you know I'm not like that. You know, these two words, I think, perfectly sum up the story of God. And don't worry, I'm going to explain them for us. You know, the word atonement literally means to pay for your crimes. A number of years ago, I got caught doing 92 miles an hour on the motorway. And, you know, I had to atone for my crimes. The atonement was I went to the police station, I paid the £75 fine, and I took the three points on my licence. I atoned for the crime that I committed. 
I paid the price. Substitute literally means for somebody else to take your place. You know, the story of God is literally that somebody else paid the price for you. You know, when I was at school, I was banging into WWE wrestling. Um, and me and my mates, when I was in year nine, we used to spend every break time wrestling each other. And, you know, on the wrestling, it used to say, please don't try this at home. It was fine. We were at school, so it was allowed. <laughs> and um, so what we used to do is we used to, like, meet each other at the, at the bottom corner of our schoolyard, and we would wrestle each other. And this one lunchtime, I was wrestling my mate, and I performed what's called an Irish whip. Okay, and it's, it's not that complicated. You literally grab them by the hand, pull them across your body and throw them into something. And I threw my mate Mark into one of the garden fences that backed on to our school. Now, that garden fence was not that strong and my mate was not that skinny. And so he basically went straight through the garden fence. It fell into pieces. Mark landed on the garden flower bed and all of us mates did what every teenage boy would do in that exact circumstance. We ran in every direction that we could, and we got out of there as quick as we possibly could. I've forgotten about it, to be honest. And then the next day, I was in uh, the school reception early for some reason. I was probably in trouble for something else, because that's how my teenage years went. And uh, I overheard my head a year on the phone, and it was clear that he was on the phone to the neighbour who, whose fence had been damaged. And I could hear my head a year saying, yeah, I'm really sorry. I, 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 yeah, we will find who did it and, and we will make sure that they pay to cover it and we'll get it repaired. I'm really, really sorry. So I sat there in the school reception thinking, if this goes to assembly, I'll be in way more trouble. So I decided I was going to own up to it there and then. So as he hung up the phone, I said to my teacher, I said, sir, I think I know what that phone call was about and I'm responsible. I'm the person that broke the fence. And so he took me to his office. He said, look, you're going to have to pay. I'm going to have to call your dad and tell your dad um, what's happened. Um, and, you know, you can face the consequences when you get home. And so I spent the rest of that day stressing about what my dad was going to say to me when I got home. You know that thing of, like, you wait till your dad gets home. <sighs> That's such a threat, isn't it? And so I waited until my dad got home. And my dad got in, walked through the door, walked into the living room. I was like, hiya, dad. And he went, son, I'm really proud of you. And I was like, yeah, I'm good at wrestling, aren't I, dad? <laughs> I was like, what? And he was like, son, I'm really proud of you. You owned up to the mistake that you've made and you faced the consequences exactly how you should. He said, because you did that, I'm going to pay to repair the fence. And I was like... What a result! I was absolutely buzzing with it. But you see, on that day, my dad was my substitutionary atonement. You see, he stepped in and he paid the price that I deserved to pay because of what I'd done, and he paid the price for me. And you know, it's exactly the same with our Heavenly Father. He stepped in and paid the price for what we deserved to to take you know in every other world religion you must self-atone you know through through things like rituals and pilgrimage and washing and praying at certain times the beauty of what God did for us is that he arranged for someone else to atone for our mess you see in Romans it says this for the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, when Jesus died on the cross, what he did is he took the punishment, he paid 
the price. He was our atonement. He took our rubbish. He took the thing that we deserve to take and he paid the price for it. And when he rose again three days later, he declared us free. He declared that he was the key to our freedom. Through Jesus' death and resurrection, we are free from this stuff that holds us back. You can applaud that if you want. You know, and all we need to do is we need to repent and walk away from it. Repent is quite a Christian-y word. And if you don't know what it means, it literally means to turn and walk away from it. So that means this stuff that holds us back, this stuff that drags us down, this stuff that imprisons us, all we've got to do is say, God, I'm sorry, and I'm choosing to live for you, and we turn and we walk away from it. Jesus said it himself in John 8, he said this, to the Jews who have believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. He goes on later to say, very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. They're trapped, they're handcuffed to a wheelie bin. Every one of us who gets it wrong, which we all do, we become a slave to sin. And now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son, Jesus, sets you free, you will be free indeed. You know, we are set free by Jesus. He is our atonement. He has paid the price. There's nothing that we do to earn it and there's nothing that we do to to lose it. We are set free because Jesus loves us. And that's why Paul says it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And he goes on to say, stand firm then and don't let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. You see, we can clap and we can get excited about it, but so many of us in the room and so many of us watching at home will feel like, so often I don't feel free. So often I feel trapped by stuff. Isn't being freed by Jesus a one-time transaction? Yeah, it is. The unlocking of the cuffs is a one-time transaction that Jesus did on the cross, but it's up to us to stay living free. You see, the cuffs are always unlocked, but we have to choose to stay free. You know, in my early 20s, I used to, I used to work as part of a prisons team, and it sounds typical for a scouser in his early 20s to go in and out of jail, but that's what I did for the right reasons. And it always used to, like amazed me when we were at the prison gates we were going in and getting checked and getting searched and stuff and sometimes we'd be there as a lad was being released you know we work predominantly in young offenders institutes and so we'd be there at the gate and sometimes there'd be a lad sat there on his release date and he'd be sat there with a bag of his stuff and waiting to be set free and as a as a young 20 year old I used to look at them and think man imagine how good that feels having been locked up for months Having been locked up for maybe years, you're sitting there ready to be set free. Imagine how exciting that feels. And actually, as I got to know the prison system a little bit better and I grew up and matured a little bit, I realised that actually that day is, is maybe a little bit exciting, but for many it's filled with fear, it's filled with anxiety, it's filled with a, like an unsureness of what is to come. And the sad thing is, is that the majority of young offenders who are released from prison, they re-offend again within the next two years. 
Because you see, the thing that got them into prison, they served their time for it, and then they're set free, but they don't know how to live free, and so they end up imprisoned again by the, by the very same thing or a similar thing that got them into prison in the first place. And we can sit here and go, oh yeah, well why don't they just not do it? But actually, we're not that dissimilar, are we? You know, we can be set free from this stuff, but what happens is, is we, we go about, we live our life, and then all of a sudden we end up back carrying this junk again. Proverbs puts it quite graphically. It says in Proverbs that, uh, that as a dog returns to its vomit, and trust me, I've got a dog and they do it, it's disgusting. As a dog returns to its vomit, so fools repeat their folly. I've had so many times in my life where I've been a fool who's repeated their folly is that I've come to Jesus and said, Jesus, set me free from that thing. And I've gone, yes, I'm free. And then I make mistakes and I end up back in this place again. And what Paul is saying in the second half of that passage about do not be burdened again to a yoke of slavery, he's saying don't get continually get chained to this junk in our life. You know, a yoke was basically a heavy wooden device that was used to control oxen. And we're set free from that weight. We're set free from pulling a bin of junk around us in our life. We're set free. You know, so many people think that being a Christian is about constantly feeling guilty. You know, I haven't done youth work for nearly 20 years. I've had so many conversations with Christian teenagers. And I just feel like being a Christian is always about feeling guilty. If you constantly feel guilty and you're living for Jesus, I want to say in a friendly way, you're doing it wrong. Because Jesus came to set us free. Jesus came to set us free from that stuff. It's not always about carrying something around. You see, we're set free, so we get to live free. Jesus makes us righteous, and so we get to live lives that are righteous. That's what Paul is saying. He's saying freedom isn't just you're free to do what you want to do. Freedom is not doing what you don't want to do. And all we've got to do is walk away from it. Begin those steps and begin to walk away from that stuff. You see, you are free to do what you want to do. But understanding how you are set free by our substitutionary atonement, that should change what it is that we want to do. And you know, maybe this feels a bit basic for some of you that uh, have been following Jesus a little while. Maybe it's, it's brand new information to those of you that are joining us for the first time. I don't know where this hits. But I know that this is our foundation. We can't go into a summer of freedom without understanding that our foundation of freedom is what Jesus did on the cross and through his resurrection. That is the only way that we can be set free. And through this series, we're going to use that as our foundation. But, you know, living in freedom, it comes from understanding who we are. And we're going to unpack that. It comes, living in freedom comes from not being held back by our past. Being able to live in freedom comes from taking control of our minds. Living in freedom comes from breaking free from unhealthy habits and addictions. Living in freedom comes from knowing our purpose and who God created us to be. Living in freedom comes from having healthy restrictions and boundaries. 
our heart for you as we go through this series, The Summer of Freedom, is that verse that we read right at the start, that you would live openly and expansively. You know, we're going to look at all of those topics that I just mentioned and more through this series. And hopefully, you know, as restrictions change, it may well be that we'll be able to pray for people in the room, which I think will be magnificent. But, you know, in a few moments, we're going to sing a song that celebrates that we are free. It's a song called Amazing Grace that people have sung for hundreds of years. And in the last 20 to 30 years, there's been a little bit added to it that we're going to do that says, my chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Saviour has ransomed me. And that's our foundation of freedom. But before we do that, I want to give an opportunity. If you've never experienced what it's like to have those handcuffs taken off, if you've never experienced knowing the truth of Jesus, knowing what he's done for us and stepping into that and being set free by the truth of Jesus, if you've never made the decision to say, Jesus, I want to accept the freedom that you offer and I want to live and follow you, then I want to give you that opportunity. And so I'm going to ask in the room, if you could bow your heads and close your eyes, if you're watching online, then you can, you can do whatever you want to do, whatever feels comfortable. But if that's you, I'd love to know if I'm praying for you. And so if you are in the room and you want to make that decision, I'd love it if you could just raise your hand for me so that I can see it. And maybe if you're watching online and you want to indicate that in the chat, that would be great. But if that's you and you want to say yes to Jesus for the first time today, maybe you need to come back to Jesus and you made that decision many years ago, but you know that you've not been living in what freedom looks like. Maybe that's you and you want to respond today. I want to invite you to pray this prayer line after line with me. Dear Jesus, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you chose to die for me. I thank you that you are my substitutionary atonement. Jesus, I'm sorry for the mistakes that I've made. I'm sorry for where I've been a slave to sin. Jesus, I repent and I turn away from that stuff right now. And I want to follow you today. And I want to follow you for the rest of my life. Amen. Amen. You know, if you, if you made that decision, I'd love for you to let us know that you've done that. And it, the beauty of, of, of where we're at now is that the text response that we have, it doesn't matter whether you're in the room or whether you're watching online at home or whether you're watching on demand and it's Tuesday morning and you're watching us on YouTube, wherever you are, whenever you're watching it, if you prayed that prayer line after line with me just then and you said, I want to make a decision to follow Jesus, then we would love to hear from you. We're not going to call you and try to sell you solar panels for the roof of your house or anything like that. Okay, We just want to help you take those first steps to freedom. And so what we'd love you to do is text LCC Next Steps followed by your name to 60777 and you'll get text back a little link 
and you can click that link, fill in the details, and you can click, tick the box that says, I've decided to follow Jesus. And then one of our team in the next few days would love to just get in touch with you and love to chat to you and help you make those first steps into freedom. That would be great. But you know, in the room, we're going to worship. Um, so I want to invite you to stand if you're in the room. If you're watching online, you can sing along at home if you want. But you know, we're going to sing this song that's been sung for hundreds of years that talks about God's amazing grace that he would arrange for somebody else to atone, for somebody else to pay the price for the stuff that you and I deserve. My chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Saviour has ransomed me. Let's worship.